This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Now, I understand we have a very important uh, uh, guest today. We do. We're going to start the show off. We've got five very important guests today. Five, and it's a huge weekend, of course, here in New York, too, with the football giants playing the Eagles tomorrow night. That's a huge story on every show. But Ambassador John Bolton is on the phone right now. And, of course, Ukraine, Russia, that still rages on. Still a story on the nightly news every night. John, John Katsimatidis, Judge Weinberg, Andrew Giuliani, and Sid Rosenberg. Welcome back to Cats at Night, buddy. How are you? Great, glad to be back with you. Nice to have you. So, give us give us the latest Ukraine Russia. Is there is there an end anywhere in sight with well, that they, war? They haven't spent enough money yet. Yeah, and they please, spend uh, enough yeah. money, <laughs> and then we're going to spend, and then we're going to spend the rest of the money rebuilding the Ukraine. You're right. You're right. Uh, John's right about that, uh, Mr. Bolton. But expand on what John Katzmatidis just said. <laughs> well, right now, unfortunately, it looks like the war is going to grind on. And in fact, today we've had the. Uh, news that uh, NATO allies couldn't agree on supplying the Ukrainian request for uh, main battle tanks, which I think they're going to need against a possible Russian invasion, a a renewed offensive in the north, a lot of talk about that, uh, or to give the Ukrainians the ability to push through the Russian line sometime this spring. Uh, and push the Russian forces out. You know, this is uh, this is this is taking on more and more significance every day, and uh, uh, they're not watching it any more closely than any any place other than Beijing, uh, looking to see how the West responds to this uh, act of aggression by the Russians. Uh, Ambassador uh, Judge Richard Weinberg, sir, what's the problem in NATO about getting tanks to the Ukraine? What's what's the politics? What's the economics? What's the long term strategy? Well, in a word, the problem is Germany, and uh, they've been saying they won't send their tanks unless we send ours. And it's uh, it's just it's a perpetual problem with the German government uh, that they they won't they won't uh, shoulder their fair share of the burden. And uh, this is just another example of it. Right after the beginning of the war, the German chancellor promised a sea change in German policy. He promised to spend a hundred billion euros of new money on defense. He promised to buy. 30 American F-35s at a cost of 30 billion of those euros. None of that has happened yet. Now, the British, as they have done consistently, uh, have already promised they will send battle tanks to uh, Ukraine. I think the Poles aren't going to wait around anymore. They're going to send battle tanks because this war is taking place right on the Polish border uh, and, and the border of other Central and Eastern European states. That's a, that's a, a real threat to them. So they're moving ahead. The Germans are not. The Biden administration is indecisive, as usual. Now, is Poland going to cross which border first? Well, the, the, the Poles have a long border with Belarus. And one of the real problems here is that Putin and Lukashenko, the head of the president of Belarus, the dictator there, uh, have been coordinating their policies. You know, the, the Russians, I, I worry almost any day we're going to hear that Belarus has been reabsorbed back into the Russian Empire. And that, of course, would further endanger uh, Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania, the Baltic republics, and uh, put Poland, you know, right on the Russian frontier again. You know, there's a healthy amount of Americans. I know you know this, John. Of course, we hate seeing the videos and the pictures coming back, innocent women and children slaughtered in the streets by Putin and the Russians. But there's a healthy amount of Americans, including me and the guys on my show, that are a little tired 
of giving this country money and money and money. In fact, the United States is broke. We have no money. We are in no position to borrow more money to give to Ukraine with this war with Russia, which, by the way, they've hated each other for a thousand years. What would you tell people that remain critical of continuing to give money to Ukraine over this war? Well, I think the first question to ask is, do we still believe, as we have since 1945, that peace and stability for free nations on the European continent is in America's interest. This is, to me, this isn't a question about giving Ukraine anything. Uh, we're doing something in America's interest by standing up to this aggression, just like George H.W. Bush stood up to Saddam Hussein's invasion of Kuwait. Uh, we've got NATO allies right on the border of this war uh, that would be threatened if Russian aggression uh, succeeds. What else have we accomplished in this war? I think Secretary of Defense uh, Lloyd Austin said six or seven months ago now, what's happening is the Russians are feeding their army into a wood chipper. So we are seeing the degrading of Russia's military capability. Unfortunately, it comes for the Ukraines uh, at a cost of their country being ground into the dust. But from the American point of view, uh, we're getting enormous benefit out of this. Moreover, we battlefield tested some of our most important weapon systems, and, and the news is they do great. Now, should we push the Europeans to do more? Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. But is what's happening in Ukraine today worth it from the American point of view, financially, politically, militarily, economically? Absolutely. You may be right, but I think so many Americans, to Sid's point, are asking for more of a line-by-line -line account of this. You're talking about $100 billion that have already gone there. We just want to see where that money has gone to. We know that there's corruption in Ukraine for a very long time. It doesn't mean that we don't want to stand by our Ukrainian brothers and certainly understand the effects of NATO countries in the region. Uh, but I think Americans are asking for more of a line by line of where their money is going when you're talking about $100 billion. Well, Andrew, I have to. Well, I don't think that's un un unreasonable, but, you know, we're not sending the money as such, ex with a few exceptions. We're sending Javelin anti tank missiles. We're sending HIMARS uh, rocket artillery. Uh, we're sending substantial quantities of ammunition. Uh, and, and in fact, that, that has, we, we, we need generally to get American defense production lines warm again to replace all this because we may need it in the future. But it's not that we just write them a check for $100 billion. We're giving them hardware. We're spending money on training them, that kind of thing. They're being trained at American bases in Germany. So I don't have any trouble with accountability, but we certainly we've, we've never come close to giving them a blank check. Ambassador, it's, uh, it's Richard Weinberg. And I recently read your article, which was uh – very well taken. We cannot go back to the bad policy of isolationism. We pay a price for isolationism. We can't idly stand by when you have adventurous and uh, aggressive people like the Russians going yeah. into a, a democratic elected but, country. Uh, Judge, I want to go into the, the next step. We know what we have with Russia. Putin has been uh, arguing now he's not only fighting Ukraine, he's fighting all of NATO. And the next question I ask is, uh, Erdogan in Turkey, uh, there's some, NATO has some, made some noises. Whose side is Erdogan really on? And I'd like to ask the ambassador on. Well, thanks. Uh, let me just say first, I appreciate uh, your reference to my article in National Review. Let's, let's uh, give a shout out to our friends over there. The article's on the website. Which Lowry, the great Witch Lowry, we love him, yes. Absolutely. And uh, 
John, you're, you're talking about an article I, I wrote in the Wall Street Journal earlier this week. Uh, I think there's real legitimate question about whether Turkey is acting appropriately as a NATO ally, starting uh, about six years ago with the purchase of Russians' highly sophisticated S-400 air defense system, which is utterly incompatible with any other NATO air defense capability, uh, and which, with good reason, in the Trump administration, we pulled Turkey out of our F-35 program. Uh, Now, they've got an election, a presidential election, coming up in Turkey in May, and uh, I think we ought to be putting pressure on to have a free and fair and transparent election when when that kind of election has been held in Turkey in recent years, Erdogan has lost. I personally believe if the Turkish people get a free and fair vote, Erdogan will be thrown out of power this May. If he's not, if he steals the election, if he takes it illegitimately anyway, then I think NATO's got to face up to whether uh, Turkey still belongs in NATO. And isn't Turkey a threat to Greece and to Israel? He's threatening the islands. Yeah. I mean, Turkey has a very large standing military, not not so much because they worry about Russia, because it's uh, people worry it's aimed at Greece. And certainly Turkey's policies, while they've uh, varied a little bit, have been generally pretty hostile to Israel. And uh, this is not Turkey. This is I think this is Erdogan over a period of 20 years pursuing his Islamicist uh, notions of a new Ottoman Empire. I mean, it's not it's not an overstatement to say this guy has grand ambitions. Yep. They have nothing to do with the security of the West or American interests. That's fair. So, John, uh, you talked about elections. You just mentioned Donald Trump moments ago. We're we're getting there. Last couple of days, Nikki Haley intimating she's going to run. She's got two chances, swim and none. Well, yeah, well, but John, you talked about running over the last couple of weeks for president in 2024. What are you with that? Well, what got me started this time was when Trump said that the Constitution had to be terminated so that he could be recognized as the winner of the 2020 election. You know, I've, that's I've still that dumb thing to say. <laughs> really? If he really said that, that's a dumb thing to say. Well, it's, he said it in one of his, his uh, Truth Social uh, uh, postings. You know, in the many security clearances I've gotten over the years, there is always a question you're asked. Have you ever advocated the overthrow of the government of the United States? And, of course, I have dutifully checked no each time because I haven't. But when you talk about terminating the Constitution, you are talking about overthrowing the government of the United States. And I just felt Republicans should have stood up and said, we reject that. You cannot be a conservative and call for the termination of the Constitution. Now, the other thing that came out today in one of the uh, uh, Twitter items was that uh, Trump said that – uh, we should that the Republicans should not uh, talk about reducing Social Security or Medicare. I mean, are the Republicans that dumb to even think about that? Well, I think. Look, I think uh, somebody's got to have the courage in this country at some point to say that these entitlement programs—Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid—that don't get appropriated every year by Congress. There's no decision by Congress that this year we're going to spend X hundred billion on those programs. It's just written into the law that if you if you meet the statutory requirements, you get Social Security, you get Medicare or Medicaid, whatever it might be. The entitlement program itself is a gross abdication of congressional authority over the budget. And by giving it up, uh, it's it's put us in a funding circumstance. No, we, we, have, we, have to take a, deficit. we have to make a break. And just my recommendation, what I would do if I was a congressman or a speaker or anything, I'd say everybody's living longer. 
you know, maybe we should increase the age Raise of retirement age, age to Raise 68 or 69. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm 74. I enjoy working. Yeah, 100%. You got, you got 30 we, years left. You never stop working over here. <laughs> at least. At least. At least. least. Every, every turn, time I heard on WABC, I hear John Jackson. John, that's right. Sid Rosenberger, Curtis Lee. All the time. Years. And, and, and the judge is over 72. God bless him. Yeah. Well, listen, well, thank you, uh, right. Ambassador Bolton, and thank you for your wisdom, and thank you for speaking out for our country. God bless you, and God bless America. Well, thank you, and thanks for having me again. Thank you got you. it, John. And we got a huge guest coming up next. Debt ceiling. The stock market was finally up today. What does the economy look like? Our very own, plus a star, of course, on Fox Business, Larry Kudlow on Cats at Night is next.